The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's royal visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. Back for more. I just did a whole hour, 40 minute show by myself, and now I'm back on with Benjamin Chase and today's guest as we get to talk about prospects. It's a prospects power half hour, as you know and love the show as it is. We're going to talk about the twins and the tigers today. And there we go, I fixed that. And it's real simple. Why not get a guy from Twins Daily, the founder of Twins Daily, knows a thing or two about the twins himself to come on and talk? Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Seth. He is live and uncensored here. Welcome into the show, Seth. Thanks for joining us for the Colossal Podcast Prospect Hour Half Hour. Thrilled to be here. This is exciting. Uh, I mean, you got like graphics and everything. I'm, I'm impressed. <laughs> completely, completely impressed. <laughs> well, you know, we try to do uh, things as best we can around here. Give a little bit of a presentation to cover up maybe the lack of proper information. Uh, no. Hey, we hey, hey. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, Ben always brings it. Ben knows what he's talking about. He's our prospects guru here. He always has been, always will be. And that's why Ben brought in Seth. By the way, I have always enjoyed Twins Daily. I've been following it for a couple of years now. You guys, to me, are preeminent Twins authority. You guys know what's going on with the Twins all day, every day. I mean, I like to think so. I mean, if you're, you know, someone who follows the Twins Daily, you should probably follow Twins Daily. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean... We've been doing it for a long time. I'm I'm going on 20 years of uh, of vlogging. I know John Bonus, the Twins Geek, has been around a, a year longer than that. Nick Nelson, Parker Hageman, Brock Beauchamp. I mean, it's been a long term thing. So, and and I'm also old, so I got the history, the old time. I remember the World Series days, and you know, I love following prospects. So, kind of the gamut, I guess. Is there a pod for Twins Daily? Uh, sometimes, um, I have done some, uh, I call them twin spotlights. Um, I just in the last week interviewed right-handed pitcher, Travis Adams, uh, who got to high A last year. So did Jalen Nolan, uh, left-hander throws 97. So, um, you know, I've got probably 60 or so episodes of that going back a ways, but, uh, you know, even some of the guys we'll probably talk about today have been on there a few times. And okay. then Gleeman and the Geek, too. I mean, you got, uh, yeah. I mean, John Bonus, one of the founders of Twins Daily, does a podcast with Aaron Gleeman of uh, The Athletic. And yep. so, I mean, there's one of the guys from Twins Daily, and they get out a lot of good Twins knowledge, too. So Yeah, I mean, there's the top podcast, probably, besides yourselves, of course, um, <laughs> uh, in baseball. So, I mean, yeah, I'm sure everyone's heard of Gleeman and the Geek. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's awesome. Make sure you guys follow Twins Daily on Twitter. You can follow Seth on Twitter at uh, Seth Tweets and Big Gentle Ben, MJ Govier, Plotso Podcast. And we're going to do the Twins and the Tigers. Go Tigers. So we're going to start with the Twins, and then we'll get into the Tigers prospects on the second half. And as we always do it, 
start from the top and we're looking for the next big three but we want to know who are the top three prospects as you see it Seth. so give us the current top three prospects in the twins organization i tell you it's difficult but there's three names that clearly are the top of the list and you could probably flip a coin at number two between royce lewis brooks lee i think a lot of places have brooks lee the team's top pick last year uh, I still am a Royce Lewis Bobo, you know, I, I'll uh, take that athleticism, power, speed combination. The only problem with that's been the injuries. And number three, and he's been number three, I think in most places, but I think you're going to start hearing more about him towards number one by the second half of this year, and that's Emmanuel Rodriguez. Um, you know, a young guy, he's just 20, but uh, obviously a nice international signing, and had a great year last year, even in the Florida State League, showing some power um, in a league where you don't see a lot of power. I think he had nine home runs, and he only played like 45 games or something. So um, definitely a guy to watch for sure. Ben, do you agree with that top three? Those are my top three. And, in fact, I am, I'm one of those guys who's big on Rodriguez, even though, I mean, I, I love Lewis. I, I, you know, I'm a fan of Lee, but – Gosh, Rodriguez, you know, it took until I believe it was the last week of August for Rodriguez to no longer be the qualified leader in WRC plus in all of the minor leagues last year. And he hadn't played in like a month and a half at that point. Yeah. Like that's how good he was. Um, But, you know, he was so good. And of course, at that point, you know, everyone else was like 30 points below him. He had a 199 RC, WRC plus last year. I mean, I just, I don't think people understand just how good he was. It wasn't just power. He was incredible with his on-base skills. And yeah. the thing is, he plays a darn good defense too. It's not just that he's he was an offensive juggernaut and, you know, he's going to be a nothing on defense. The guy can play some defense too. So yeah. guys, he's, he's a really impressive prospect. I've been bugged that people read my stuff too much because they know how much I love him and so all these dynasty leagues that I'm in people are drafting him ahead of me (laughs) or else uh, they're going out and when I want him in a trade they're you know asking for the moon and so that's a pain in the butt but uh, a lot of places I already have him and you know people are now coming to me trying to trade for him and they they then realize how much value I put on him so but I, I think the twins have that that Lewis Lee combo is going to be a very interesting combo for over the next few years because Lee has shown a lot this spring that he's really ready. Um, he's he's going to likely move to Double A quicker than most than a lot of draftees can probably handle. He's it is I think he could probably be there and spend a lot of time there this year. At Double A in Double A. Uh, he ended the season there playing for the Wichita in the playoffs last year. Yeah. So I think the assumption is he'll start there and probably get up to St. Paul at AAA pretty, pretty quickly with a very good chance of getting to the big leagues at some point this yeah. year. And that's, I mean, for a draftee, a, you know, a year later to, to open the season in AA, you know, and, and that, like I said, I know that he, he had played some playoff time. I, I didn't know – Sometimes you see that where a guy comes up for a playoff run, but it's just like, you know, we wanted to give him a chance to see it, but he's not really ready for that level. So he's going to start in the next level down and you'll see him May 1st bump up, you know, but I would wager he's probably ready to go double A. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, get him to St. Paul. St. Paul's got a great stadium comparative to a lot of the other AAA stadiums as far as, this is what it's going to look like at the major league level. We were talking, we had Chris Blessing on last week where he talked about how AAA is just kind of a, holy crap, this is offense league. And that is true of a lot of stadiums. St. Paul's is not as bad as far as that is concerned. It's a pretty good gauge to what it's going to be like moving over essentially across town um, to go over to Target Field and be a major leaguer as far as what the field's going to play like all that sort of stuff. And so you're not getting that big difference as far, you know, the triple a ball is a different ball game, but that's, you know, as far as what kind of baseball they're using. But so by the end of the year, 
you're, you're going to probably get a good idea and it could be interesting to see what they do with Lee and Lewis, probably both getting some major league time by the end of the year. And they just signed Carlos Correa. You know, what, what a good problem to have, you know, frankly, you know, come July, if the twins are really doing well, boy, they might have some ammunition when they go out into the trade market to really make a big splash. Oh, that's fair. Well, this is wild. You think about the twins sometimes they don't seem like team that's most loaded with prospects, but they do a pretty good job with a lot of homegrown talent. And that's why I'm really curious to see who are the next big three here, Seth. Give us the next (laughs) big three in the twins organization. All right. Well, one, I think, is starting to make a name for himself thanks to the WBC, although those that have been following the Twins Daily uh, have really seen his name in our daily minor league report pretty much every day, and that's Edouard Julien, the Canadian who uh, just crushed the ball for Team Canada this last week in the WBC. Um, But after that, it's a couple of pitchers that are high ceiling, even though they haven't thrown a whole lot, and that's – I think 19 or 20 year old Marco Raya, who was their fourth round pick in uh, 2020, the shortened draft. Um, and then Connor Prelip is a guy they got last year in the second round. Um, many people think, if not for the fact that he had Tommy John and really didn't pitch very much in college, he, he was a guy that's a top 10 pick potentially. And they got him in the second round. They had to pay a little extra to get him, but I don't think they had any problem with that. He'll make his pro debut this year. And I think, uh, you know, just some of the video I've seen people I've talked to, they are incredibly excited about prelip, but also about Raya. And uh, I mean, everyone's excited about Edward Julian right now. Mm-hmm. Wow. You agree, Ben? Yeah. Th- and those are the exact names I had. And, and I mean, Julian, I think if twins fans want kind of a, a person type comparison. It's not at all the same like player profile, but Luis Arias was a guy who defensively shouldn't be at second, shouldn't be in the middle infield. Um, (laughs) Yeah, really anywhere. Uh, Julian is kind of that guy, (laughs) you know, he's really not a great defender, but offensively you can't keep him off the field. Um, very different offensive skill sets though. Julian is probably going to get himself on base a ton and has a bit of power. I mean, 20 home run ish power that -hmm. could maybe turn into a little more as he matures and ages and gets used to the league. Whereas Arias is probably never going to hit you 20 home runs over a course of five seasons, let alone one. Um, but Gosh, Raya and boy, Prelip is a guy. Gosh, at college, he was just fun when he was actually on the mound. He was a guy, that slider is just, it's kind of gross to watch. It's just what it can do is just, it's it's just one of those that when it moves, you wonder how people ever hit a baseball. When you watch pitches like that move, you wonder how anyone can ever hit a baseball. And that's the type of stuff he has. And it's, and the thing is, he has a fastball that's an easy plus fastball, a slider that's one of the easiest, you know, amazing sliders you'll ever see. And then he also happens to throw a changeup that is not half bad as well. And so, I mean, this is a guy who has three top of the line type pitches. If he can just get healthy, this is a guy who legit has ace upside, which you don't like to throw around. But it's, it's one of those where if he can get healthy, and that is a big if, but it's, and you can't assure that coming off of Tommy John. But man, you come off of Tommy John, get healthy, Twins might have really got a good one here. And that's, you know, I know there's a lot of Major League teams fans who wanted their club to take pre-lip once they got into the late first and into the second round. A lot of teams wanted their team to grab him. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I saw some video of Prelip throwing to uh, Emmanuel Rodriguez, and that's lefty lefty. So it's probably not fair. But you're talking about a guy that's consistently mid 90s with a fastball. And like you said, one of the best 
one of the best sliders, you know, in baseball. And Raya's problem just has been that he hasn't been on the mound a whole lot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, you kind of you take a look at those two that have very little time, and then you look at two other guys like Simeon's Woods Richardson, Louis Varland, who maybe don't have quite the high upside as those other two, but they're close. And they pitched in the big leagues just a little bit in September last year. So it's kind of interesting that they've got kind of waves of prospects. And and ultimately, I think that's a good thing for an organization that does, you know, as you said earlier, rely on building from within as much as they can. Yeah, Christian's here. I haven't seen you in a while, but great to see you, my friend. I hope you're doing well. And Christian's working in his new job. He says the twin system doesn't get as much credit as it should. Some decent talent throughout. Well, clearly that's the case. And, and like Seth was mentioned, one of the guys, you know, you know, who's right there and on the cusp, and frankly, with some of the injuries going on, probably is going to get more time than folks were expecting is a, you know, guy that I knew when he was a little guy is Matt Walner. I had a job up in Forest Lake at the time, and he was friends of friends. And so or friends of youth that I had in my church. And so I knew of him at the time, but okay, now here he is as a major league ball player. Yeah. So you know, that's kind of a cool, fun connection to watch. But here he is. I mean, that 30 home runs between the majors and minors last year. And yeah. it's legit. I mean, that's legit power. I mean, yeah. he and I mean, Aaron Sabato's got power, but Matt Walner can do it all offensively. Uh, you know, yeah. he's going to strike out a ton, but I'm um, who doesn't these days. <laughs> Mike Schultz, <laughs> yeah. the best player in baseball still, and he leads the league in strikeouts a lot of times. Strikeouts are the norm. Yeah, and, and Walner's kind of that classic right field profile with a big arm and big power. You know, yeah. he, he can really throw it from right field and he can hit the ball out of the yard. And he's not got a terrible, terrible eye. He strikes out a lot, but he can also take a walk. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, I mean, yeah. he's a guy, he'll get on base at a, you know, a 350 clip-ish and get you 30 home runs. You can handle that if the guy's hitting 230, 250, as long as he's getting on base at a decent rate. So right. you're not going to complain terrible about that. So. Oh, that's fair. That's a great point. And I would love to get me some Matt Walner and maybe I already have on a few of my fantasy lineups <laughs> this year, I, especially in deeper situations. I think there's an opportunity where he shined late last year. And we're going to see more of that in the future this season. All right. But to get, do you mind if I'm sorry, I cut you oh, off there, but to, to Christian's point and his comment, they are kind of overlooked because you consider in the last two years that they have graduated uh, names like Alex Kirilov, Trevor Larnick, mm-hmm. Ryan Jeffers, Joan Duran, Griffin Jacks, Nick Gordon. And uh, I know I'm missing guys, Giovanni Moran. You look at what he does from the left side out of the bullpen uh, they've graduated a lot of guys that I think aren't established yet, but are still young, are very young. And you couple that with the prospects. We haven't even mentioned Austin Martin. And even though he's, uh, you know, kind of disappointed to some degree, I mean, he's right in double A. I mean, he's, he could probably debut this year, depending on, you know, how his UCL turns out. And they added Jose Salas in that Arise Pablo Lopez deal. I mean, yeah. I, to me, there's a lot there. And then you look to, and I don't want to take up too much time. I apologize. But the yeah. Dominican Summer League roster last year had Yasser Mercedes and, and Brian Acuna, you know, Ronald Acuna's brother. And um, Rafael Cruz split time between the Dominican and the Florida Complex League. That's uh, O'Neill Cruz's uh, brother, and he's got immense power. I saw a video of him. He hit up on 440 the other day in, in, my, in a minor league game. So, um you know, and then power arms. They're drafting guys like Varland is a 15th round guy. David Fest is a 12th round guy. Um, you know, and I just, it's exciting to think, you know, the guys that are out. Matt Cantorino has huge upside if he can get mm-hmm. healthy. He had Tommy John surgery. So, um, you know, it, it isn't an organization that ranks probably even in the top half of most national where do they rank organizations and things. But between the quality, I think, and then the young guys that are establishing themselves in the big leagues, the depth, I think it's a good organization with a lot of players that will play in the big leagues at some point. It wasn't long ago that the Twins 
couldn't have had a Jordan Belazovich flunk out because that would have just killed their their organization. But right. right now, I'm not saying he has yet, but he's definitely hit kind of a wall right now. And if he does end up not making it, it's not going to kill the team. Right. And yet there was a guy who, holy cow, there was some really good talent that may not end up making it as a major leaguer. And it's okay. They've still got a tremendous amount of pitching depth. And that was an organization that for a lot of years, there wasn't that kind of an arm. There wasn't a power arm like that. And yet they're graduating a lot of guys. I mean, Duran's one of those guys that has holy crap stuff every night. That's, And you just never saw that out of the twin system for a lot of years. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's the twins. There you go. We just talked about the twin system. <laughs> we got Seth's opinion on it. As Joe just mentioned, they've traded away some, you know, interesting prospects as well, and they're yeah. still okay. So that, you know, CES, Spencer Steer, Chase Petty, there are opportunities, and, right, Seth? And I think Kate Povich, uh, who they sent to Baltimore in the uh, yeah. Jorge Lopez deal, might be the best of all of them. I think oh, Spencer really? Steer has a chance to be an incredibly solid Starter, uh, Christian Encarnacion Strand, he could be DHing for Cincinnati in no time. Um, uh, their Steve Hadjar was their second round pick last yeah. year out of Michigan. He went to Cincinnati in that deal. Um, Chase Petty, first round pick. Um, and Povich was their third round pick. So, I mean, they have definitely given up some talent and, and still have the depth that we've talked about. So, you know, it's an exciting time. Um, Spring's always that time for optimism and all that kind of good stuff. But I'm optimistic short-term uh, with Correa coming in and, and the depth that they have around if guys can be healthy, uh, the pitching staff looking pretty strong. But I think long-term that Derek Falvey, Thad Levine probably deserve more credit than we're giving them. Uh, Sean Johnson in the amateur scouting, Brad Style in the pro scouting, They've done a good job of bringing in talent at various levels, like I said, and you got you got waves of prospects that are close or in a distance, but you you know you either build from them or you use them in trades like they did last year, and, and uh, it's a good place to be, I think. It is a great time to be a Twins fan. Go Tigers! It's time to switch into the Tigers <laughs> oh, section of the show. Now, uh, the Tigers. I should switch hats, but you know, I, I still have my. You know. <laughs> oh, Christian also Did you says, "Yeah, that's, oh. that's the spring training cap for this year." Oh, so. wow. that's awesome! That is nice. Christian well says done. the Twins did what all teams should do: develop depth and trade surplus of unproven minor league talent for proven MLB talent. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, Spencer Steers a third base, second base guy who can play some first base, and Carnacion Strand is a third base, first base, probable DH. They have Jose Miranda, who they yeah, fully yeah. believe in at third base, just to, you know, played last year as a, a rookie. So, yeah, that's ideal. And, and even to be able to trade pitching out of pitching depth, I mean, that says a lot, too. So, yeah, it's bonus great time. Point. Great point. Hell yeah. So, as far as the Tigers, Scott Harris is the new man in charge here, came over from San Francisco. Uh, they're my team, so I'm pretty familiar with them. But, you know, they have guys that are now not going to be on this list today because actually Jackson Job, who yeah. was a recent Sad. top, yeah, real bummer. He's going to be out three to six months. He's a starting pitcher who was a first round draft pick two years ago, uh, high school, which, you know, high school pitching, you, <laughs> you play with fire. You know, for every Rick Priscello, there's a ton of Jackson Jobs and then some who just were not able. I mean, Rick Priscello is like one of the biggest fluke high school pitchers there ever was in terms of a draft pick because he came up so quickly that just yeah, doesn't yeah. happen right ben i mean that's yeah. that's not the norm so. yeah he i mean that's you usually need years of development but yeah it's but yeah that's jeremy bonderman probably another yeah <laughs> jeremy bonder well, that's a classic of it. <laughs> but yeah so jackson jobs out three to six months we'll see if he pitches this year or not with a a lumbar spine inflammation. It doesn't even sound that serious, but they're making it. That's a big, long range yeah. of return. Of course, uh, Scott Harris made a few trades, get rid of some veterans like Joe Jimenez this offseason and brought in our guy who would probably be on this list for me. 
Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Please be prepared to ignore them. These people are not your friends. These messages are intended to make you feel bad or that something is missing from your life. Red alert. Commercials incoming. Prepare to enable the use of your 15-second skip-ahead button. You are in terrible peril. Red alert. Red alert. Commercials incoming. In three, two, one. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard-to-recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So how do we want to do this? Ben, you want to give us your top three Tigers? I want to hear your top three Tiger prospects to start. Well, mine have changed since the list I sent out to uh, earlier in the week just because of the Job news. Uh, you know, you kind of have to discount that just because you aren't sure what you're going to have from him. So my three are going to end up being Wilmer Flores, uh, Jace Young, and then Colt Keith. And so those are going to be my top three out of this system. Um, Keith has just really done a nice, nice job this spring of kind of showing some things and maybe kind of putting a block in front of our guy at third base, but we'll yeah. have to see about that. Yeah. So. I can't wait to see how that plays out with uh, Malloy. Uh, Seth, what about you? You got a top three Tigers? Uh, well, I mean, Jackson Job certainly would have been on that list. Of course. Uh, you know, and I, I, I struggle to disagree with the choices. I mean, obviously, Young is uh, immensely talented. There's a reason he was drafted where he was. Wilmer Flores is exciting as a pitcher, but I keep thinking about the guy that played for the Mets and thought he was traded <laughs> one day, and it just I will forever be, uh, you know, kind of lost on that. And Colt Keith, another infielder, I think, I think they've developed, or maybe it's drafted, a lot of their top prospects are infielders um, mm -hmm. in the low levels. So they're probably not close, and that's probably okay. Whereas in the recent past, their top guys have been pitchers like Alexander and Mize and Scooble. Um, you know, you compliment them, and hopefully those guys get healthy. Even as a Twins fan, you still want to see the best players go. And I think Scooble and, and Mize have a chance to be really good. Um, you want to see them pitch. And now you complement those with, with some young hitting prospects that hopefully will get there in the next few years. Um, you know, I think that's – at least you can see a plan there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, for me, I'll chime in here because uh, this is my team. You know, go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> I, I think you – I mean, Wilbur Flores is in this top three. I had a real hard time putting it in order. So I'll go from three to one, I guess. I will – I will say that number three is uh, Colt Keith. Number two is Parker Meadows for me. I think Parker Meadows, not just because of this spring either. I really like what Parker Meadows brings to the table. He's number two, and then number one is Wilmer Flores. So I'm putting it in that order. I'm going Keith Meadows Flores, number one. I've the question is, and somebody asked this in the live chat, Ben, will Wilmer Flores debut this year? I think that takes 
not just quality prognostication skills, but really just a bit of luck here because we have no idea if there's going to be an opportunity. Would you want to bring up Wilmer Flores to do a spot start to be a 26 guy on a doubleheader for his debut? Or do you want Wilmer Flores to come up and stay up and get a chance to be a part of the rotation? Because they've got guys like, I don't include Joey Wentz. Joey Wentz to me is a post prospect. To me, he pitched last year in the majors. He's pitched in the majors, yeah. so I'm not including Joey Wentz. And there's Matt Manning and all these other guys that are kind of in the mix who are, I don't know, post prospects, but they're borderline. But that's exactly it, though. You have to figure those guys in. They have a a group of guys about seven or eight deep that are cons- are in consideration for their rotation right now. And that doesn't include guys like Scooble and Mize that are hurt. Right. And so, I mean, as you get through the year, where is that spot going to be for Flores? He's I just gotta- don't see it. Now, that said, if he comes out and he absolutely shoves – they're not going to hold him back because I don't see any of those guys being holy crap. We we're not going to move those guys aside for Wilmer Flores. If he's shoving because none yeah. of those are those type of guys. You realize but, one of them's Matt Boyd, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's just Michael Lorenzo, Matt Boyd. Yeah. There's a, they got a gaggle of guys that are like ho-hum. And that's just, I mean, we've just, you don't have a lot of, holy crap starters that are going to block Flores if he's having that kind of year. But otherwise, I don't see if he has another year. Honestly, if he has another year like he did last year, mm-hmm. he'll probably get a September call-up. And okay. that's what you're going to see out of him. And that's okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Because probably by September, if I'm not mistaken, I'm trying to think. I don't remember mises and scoople's timelines off the top of my head but if i'm not mistaken at least one of them is supposed to be back by the end of the season if not both oh yeah scoople hopefully they got some good news recently he might even be back in june may that's possible i mean mize had tj and i think he will be unavailable this year there will be no mize this season but scoople's in play yeah so i mean there so at least you know for sure that's one guy you're not going to block you know or that you're not going to jump over right there but otherwise, Flores is going to, you know, he can have a chance to, coming into next season, Scooble's probably the one guy that's going to get some time this year that for sure is going to slot in ahead of Flores no matter what he does. But if he yeah. has a chance to come up, show out a little bit in September, certainly he could do what he can do in September and say, hey, I deserve a spot in 24. Great. There's nothing <laughs> wrong with that. Yeah, and, and I would I would add Ben that I think, uh, and again I don't know a ton about the Tigers organization. I've done you know some research on the top guys, of course, and I you know know a little bit. But one thing the Twins did a lot the last couple of years is not be afraid to call those types of prospects up for uh, the twenty sixth man. Uh, the you know starting one of the two games of a doubleheader, and it just gives them a little bit of of. Uh, I don't know if it's motivation or mm-hmm. um, they can kind of just see how their stuff plays out. They can get over some of those jitters. So, I mean, September's great. You know, you may have traded off a few veteran starters, but I I don't see any negatives in, in doing that if the pitcher's ready. And you think mentally he's ready. That's sometimes just yeah. as important. And I don't know enough about Flores to say he is or isn't, but, you know, the hopefully the coaching staffs would. <laughs> Yeah, and they got Rule 5 guy like Mason Engler who's on the roster. He has to stay on the roster to stay as part of the team, and he looks pretty good. And then there's Bo Breesky and Garrett Hill. And Spencer Turnbull's back from TJ. Yeah. He's back. I mean, there is a lot of names here. Like I said, you got a lot of depth there of guys. I don't know that you have anyone who's going to be a push pass. Now, are you ready for the next big? Because I have something there. Hell yeah, so let's do it, go, Ben. Go ahead. If we go into our next big three with – Job off of there. One of the guys that I didn't mention in the email I sent is Ty Madden. And yes! he's gonna, he would make it on there. Reese Olson is also on there. And then, of course, our boy, Justin Henry Malloy. Um, yeah. But Ty Madden is a guy who was one of the best college pitchers when he was on the mound, but he had some issues with how he shaped his fastball. 
And that has looked a lot better as a professional. As it has, as it has looked better, he has looked as a possible three guy. Now, I'm not saying that is ever going to be an ace guy, but a possible three guy can move forward and assert that, hey, I need to be in the rotation among those guys that you're talking about, because I don't think there's a guy who is a for sure three guy. There's a lot of fours and fives that you're talking about right there. <laughs> and so I like Madden pushing up and going, hey, I'm ready, could push himself right into a rotation. But he's had this really started to click for him mid season last year. And so is he going to push it full season yet? I don't know. And that's what you got to see coming into this year. If you can carry that forward starting this year, they might have a guy on their hands and that could, that could be the guy that pushes forward and does that. Reese Olson was fun to watch last year, has some issues with control. Um, I still think there's probably a lot of relief risk because of that, but his stuff is fun. And then, of course, you know, our boy Malloy. Um, Justin Henry is I'd, – I'd love to see him make it just because of the connection that we have on this podcast with him. He's a great kid. Um, and, you know, he works his butt off and, you know – yeah, you just it's hard to cheer against a kid like him. Um right. but right now it's where is he gonna play? And you know, he played a lot of left field last year at the end of the year, and then in Arizona, third base seems to be more open, but that hasn't been his best defensive spot coming up yet. If he would but you know, I know the way the man works and you know, and how hard he works. If he puts in that time, you know, Seth can speak to this. A guy like Royce Lewis, there was a lot of cons- lot of questions about how he was going to be as a defensive shortstop. Right. And he put in the time. He put in the effort. And he's a legit high-end defender at short at this point. I mean, I won't say he's a gold glove top of the major leagues defender, but he's a major league defender at this point. Right. At short. And – I don't know that you'll ever see Justin Henry become a gold glove third baseman, but he's got the arm to handle the position for sure. And if he can get to the point where he can be a major league quality third baseman, I mean, for instance, look at a guy out of the organization. He just left Austin, Austin Riley, not a great defender at all coming up. In fact, a flat out bad defender. A lot of times has worked hard to the point where he is a good defender he's not low average he's not average he's just a hair above average you'll take that all day long with what he provides offensively absolutely and that's that's all you need this is this is the question here you know looking at the next big three so for me and this is one of the problems at third base is the spring training rise of andre lipschitz i mean it's been a huge Mm -hmm boost for him and Colt Keith was all the rage in Arizona and he's looked good in spring but Andre Lipschitz has really tried to push himself into a situation to take control again another guy who could play third he could play second uh I I didn't want to be too overly influenced by spring training this year but the next big three for me after I said my top three again were Flores Meadows and Colt Keith. I'm definitely putting Justin Hunter Malloy fourth. I am because I believe he's really close to being a major league ready hitter. He really is. That's the best part of his, his uh, profile right now is that he can hit and he's going to keep getting better and tigers need hitters. You know, I think outfield is very susceptible. Actually. I do. Akil Badu is horrendous against lefties. Akil Badu has been bad in spring training. It's really sad. Maybe he'll have a better season, but he looks like a platoon guy, and that opens the door because of a lack of – between him and Austin Meadows, I, I think outfield is a really, really suspect area for the Tigers, and that's where Justin Henry Malloy actually could benefit. I know third base looks a little bit more open, but I think outfield's not that far off, Ben. So I'm putting him, Justin Henry Malloy, fourth, and then I got to put – you know what? 
I didn't fit Reese Olsen in the top six. It was a really impressive stat line looking last year, mm-hmm. 119 innings pitch, a 12K per nine. That's that's legit. That looks good. The walks were under 3-2 per nine, which is that's good for him based on his mm-hmm. past with Milwaukee before he came to Detroit. But I, I didn't put Olsen in the top six. So I, I go Henry Molloy fourth. I go, I guess I have to put Jace Young fifth. I'm not that excited about Jace Young, but I got to do it for now. I have to. And then six for me, it's time end. I had time end six as well because of the Job injury, but also because I liked what I see from him, the pedigree, pitched well at Texas. I didn't know as much about the fastball. That's news to me, and I'm glad to know that, that there's been improvement there. But that would barely be that. With Andre Lipschitz getting an honorable mention here because he had a great spring training, and we'll see where that goes from here, if it's a fluke or not. But he wasn't – I actually thought a guy like Wenzel Perez is a guy I liked – a little bit more than Lipschitz before spring training started, but that has changed, I guess. What do you think, Seth? Well, and, and again, I probably didn't organize my thoughts as well as I should have, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I would okay. add, I, <laughs> I would add a few things. Number one, I, you know, Ty Madden in that uh, 2021 draft, it was one of those guys that you knew the name. So you hoped that he would fall in, in our case, in my case, to the, to the twins um one name that i think i'd like to bring up as a conversational piece is is dylan dingler and i know that he hasn't hit much at least for average i can't necessarily speak to his defense because i haven't watched him play so i haven't really seen a lot of that but if he's hitting say 240 with 12 to 15 home runs you look at the major league catchers right now how many of the let's see 60 major league catchers hit 240 with 12 to 15 home runs in 2022. And I think, and I I should maybe do that research before I encourage others to, <laughs> someone should do that research and get back to these guys. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think there's very many. And and so I, I think, you know, he's dropped a bit in prospect rankings, but if he can play a good defense, he can be a big league catcher for a long time. And, um, you know, I think there's a ton of value in that for any team. And I think the cat, uh, the catcher position for the Tigers is open. Is it? Is it not? Well, of two things. See, there's the injury. Not for right now, the injury that popped up. Yeah, yeah. But Jake Rogers has come back strong in spring training. He was a he's post hype prospect. He's looking promising. But other than that, yeah, Eric Haas is a outfielder DH more than he is a catcher. Yeah, yeah. Two other things, if you don't mind. Um, then I almost had to leave the show when when. Um, he was being disparaging to my guy Akil Badu. Uh, <laughs> I love Akil Badu. I wrote that a song. I wrote a song for Akil Badu on this YouTube channel. You yeah. guys can watch it on the song split. I wrote a song for Akil. I loved him in 2021, but it's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute, Seth. Yeah, and I just I like the guy. I like the story. Great guy. All that. Kind Me of too. Good stuff. His father's from Ghana. Uh, There's all kinds of fun information yeah. and things to know about yeah. Akil. It's just. You his know, lefty splits are horrendous, Seth. They're real bad. Wow. And his 2022 period was not good. <laughs> yeah, it's just sucks. Even he went down to AAA, and it's not like he earned his way back up. I feel like there was an That's right. injury or something yep. that got him back up. So There's opportunity on a really bad team. Yeah. Oh, he did. Um, All right, home run Badu today. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, you know, again, there's guys that are close. And there's guys that are far off. So I feel like what they're doing is some of the right things, you know. And, and I think that you get Mize back, you get Scooble back. I, I like Alexander from a distance. Maybe I don't watch him enough, but uh, I think he's got some pretty decent stuff. He's shut down the Twins many times. You know, a couple of those Alexander? Somebody... Yeah. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, and then you throw in Riley Green, and I think Spencer Torkelson's going to have, you know, maybe a breakout this year. We hope. I mean, again, you want good players and guys to have big years. So, um, yeah, I I think there's there's hope. I, I Riley Green is really good. Yeah, I think. Well, and then you got, you know, you've got guys that they've just brought in. You got someone like Isaac Pacheco down in the lower levels. You've got. Peyton Graham, I got to say, he didn't make my next three, but he has got to be one of the most fun 
prospects out of the draft last year. The guy's like six five, six six, and I think I might have more weight in one of my legs than Peyton has in his entire body. Um, <laughs> he is just all arms and legs, and just you wonder how he is a professional athlete, and you kind and yet you watch him in in college, and the kid put out some hundred plus exit velos, and you're just going. Imagine what's going to happen when he ends up putting some weight onto that frame and what he might be able to do. Um, I don't know where he ends up defensively because he's played a lot of left side of the infield. And I don't know what happens when he actually puts some weight onto the frame. If he stays at short, if he moves to third, if he has to become an outfielder. But gosh, that could be a really fun profile to play with as he ages because he was a young college draft pick and you know that's that's the type of guys that a team like the Tigers should be taking a chance on you know is is a guy like Peyton Graham that they can mold in their system for a few years they can take a college guy like that that doesn't need to pan out in two years you know if you're at a point where you're needing to compete right away a second round draft pick on a college guy should be turned around and looking at the upper minors within a couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, really should if you're using your draft correctly. But if you're in a spot like the Tigers, a guy like Peyton Graham isn't a wasted pick if he's your second and third round pick. And One thing, oh, I'm sorry. So, One thing that I struggle with is everyone wants these guys to move up so fast. Yeah. And all to develop really fast. And, and by us doing prospect rankings, we're probably guilty of pushing some of that. But I always point out, I don't care when they get there. If they get to the big leagues at 25 and they're staying, and um, yeah, that's a that's a that's a positive, you know. Um, you know, if a guy that you hoped was a number one ends up being just a number three, there aren't a ton of number threes in the world either. So um, yeah, I think sometimes the expectations get so far up there, but. You know, I think trying to trying to be fair to the player and realizing how hard it is to get to the big leagues. I mean, it's like when I used to write a prospect handbook, I always wrote, um, and Ben, you might remember this, but I mean, these are guys that are working just as hard as the bigger, you know, big, big league players, but just for no glory and in front of no mm-hmm. fans and for a lot less zeros. But also like I, I went to division three thinking I was pretty good and I barely played there. So how good are Division One players? How good are Double yeah. A players? How good are the crappy players that we get so disappointed in by reading their stat lines and box scores? How good are those players? You know, so yeah. I like to kind of take a step back every once in a while and be like, "Am I really bashing this guy?" You know, <laughs> he's made it to the big leagues. You know, yeah, yeah there's that's, a fine line there. Yeah. I mean, that's in the, a, a good example a guy like joey wentz finally made it last year he made it he got what six starts at the end of the year that were really solid starts yeah that's a that's a thing no matter how he finishes the, you know no matter what comes of his 2023 and beyond that's a success you know and you think about the guy was what was he uh competitive balance pick or an early second round pick, but right in that range and was considered, you know, he was the same. I think he was a Kansas guy, like same year as Riley pint considered Mm -hmm. just an amazing draft prospect. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about a guy who now he's just getting into the majors five years later, six years later, injuries, development, everything else. And he's, you know, maybe going to have a year this year at 25. I was going to say he's 25 the whole year. Yeah. And I mean, worst case, you know what? He's he's really good for Detroit for six years. You get him for all three arbitration years. He's 31. He becomes a free agent, and you got his best years. Now, that's the mean business side of it, but. <laughs> yeah, and that's, you know, and that's just it. I mean. You know, but he made it, and that's just it. You know, how many guys don't? Most. How many guys never make it all the way up the chain? Yeah. <laughs> and yet here we yeah. here here you are 
you know, there's a lot of folks that are going to look at Joey Wentz going into the year at 25 with a barely able to make it profile yeah. on that rotation and go, God, what a failed number one, you know, first round pick. No, there's a lot of first. I mean, Seth, do we really need to get into the guys uh, that were drafted, you know, fifth <laughs> overall or third overall for the Twins uh, over the years? And <laughs> we've had right. a few of those, and I'm sure both yeah. teams have, but I know. <laughs> I know the twins have. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adam Johnson, uh, Cole Stewart. Yeah. We go on and on. <laughs> yeah. I'm right. stepping in. The show yeah. is at 46 minutes. We're gonna yeah. <laughs> wrap things up. We try to keep it to a half hour. I want to thank Seth for joining oh. us. Make sure you guys follow yeah. Twins Daily. Follow him on Twitter at Seth Tweets. This was really good stuff. Both sides. We learned everything we need to know about the Twins, and we got a good perspective on the Tigers. You know, there's a lot to look forward to this year. I'm so excited for baseball. We're almost well, we're about two weeks here, and we're going to be having opening day. It's time to party, Major League Baseball. But we'll be keeping you up to date on all the prospects. We got some more teams to do still. We're going to keep moving as fast as we can. I'm going to Tout Wars tomorrow morning, flying out at about 10 o'clock. Going to New York City for the weekend, so I'll be hanging out with all these fantasy baseball people. I have lots of videos I'll share on my Twitter and uh, hopefully I'll try to upload on YouTube as well. Follow me on Twitter, MJ Govier. Follow Ben at Big Gentle Ben, of course. He's in the Discord. If you want to ask him questions, it's totally free. That link is at the top of the Plotso Podcast Twitter feed. Two L's, two Z's. And Utah, give me two. That should do it. Thank you, Seth. Pleasure talking with you, my friend. Thank you, everybody. And I'll uh, see you in New York City. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wander Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the above. Don't need money, don't take fame. Don't need no credit card to ride on this train. It's strong and it's sudden, it's cruel sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospects. That's the power. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.